Welcome to the Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Poppyland, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and plot theories. You can follow the Story Tinker on all podcast platforms and videos of most episodes on YouTube. You can also follow the Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. If you'd like weekly bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support the Story Tinker on Patreon. Thanks for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. Okay, hi everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of the Purple Hyacinth Podcast, and it is called Exposing Envelope. And today we have Myrna and Leslie, who have just waved their hands for those of you who are on audio. <laughs> only. Are on audio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Leslie, we'll start us off. So, thank well, you. Go. Hi everyone, um, I'm Leslie. I've been on the podcast a couple of times for both Purple Hyacinth and Midnight Poppyland. Um, I'm lurking in the Patreon comments um, a fair bit. And um, yeah, musician and artist by trade and comic fan in my free time. And now you are hosting more artwork of your own, which is really awesome. Thank you. Not a whole lot of gigs, so you know I got to keep myself occupied somehow. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm Myrna. Um, I go by Mem online. Uh, I am mostly a web uh, content creator, like for websites, but I'm also uh, an addict of the most expensive things, uh, mostly K-pop, anime, and comics. So, and K drama. So, I have all the addictions. <laughs> but, and uh, you have a YouTube channel. Sorry. I do. Okay. I have a I have a K pop YouTube channel, uh, Memphis K pop. So, hopefully, y'all check me out. I actually brought my K pop water bottle in today. So I love might, it. Yeah, I've got this awesome picture, this awesome sticker of P from Shiny, like really feeling himself in there. It's great. So, you'll see that throughout the episode, I'm sure. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to check it out. This is great. <laughs> everybody's talented yeah, I, I really do i find that so much and it's it's very amazing i'm not that great at video editing editing yet i am still learning but i'm getting better what's what's the phrase sucking at something is the first step to being sort of good at something so like we love it we love it here you are like learning and expressing yourself and not getting like paralyzed because it's not perfect it's fabulous yeah. i love it Actually, my earlier videos, which I did the worst on, somehow are doing the best. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Beginner's mind. There you go. All right, Leslie. Uh, we're splitting the summary, so Leslie, you can go ahead. All right. Well, we start off at the police department uh, bright and early at the crack of dawn at 9 o'clock. And uh, Lauren is already at her desk, knee-deep in paperwork, as we can see. Um She's on her way, I think, to a series record up to this point for the number of bags under her eyes. Um, and then uh, Kim walks in carrying an even bigger pile of paperwork, which is really impressive considering how high the, the stack is on Lauren's desk already. Um, and we have this fabulous uh, cinematic moment of Kim walking by, clearly taking a peek, a pause, Kim backs up into the frame. The pacing of this is just wonderful and I totally love it. Um, she 
sneaks a peek at what Lauren is doing at her desk. Lauren clearly has no idea that she's there. And um, Kim sneaks down and basically says good morning. And uh, I don't think Lauren needs coffee after that point because she jumps about a mile out of her seat. Um, and of course, then we have the sort of noseless, like chibi face, um, Lauren and Kim, because Kim is being a troll. Um, Lauren's papers just go flying everywhere. She's um, clearly had a small heart attack, slams her, her enormous stack of papers down, and then says, Kim, can you please stop creeping on me? I'm going to accidentally stab you if you keep doing this. I don't think this is the first time this interaction has happened in the morning between the two of them. Yeah, um, not at all. <laughs> the thing that's ironic is that, you know, Lauren as a detective, well, as a former detective, is supposed to be extremely alert. And uh, mm -hmm. she, due to her late nights, um, you know, due to her pursuing the Phantom Scythe through her late nights is completely unalert, which is dangerous for her work with the Phantom Scythe. But whatever. <laughs> Sacrifices. Lauren will get two and a half hours of sleep cumulative by the time the series is completed. And that's if she takes a nap. I think that might be aiming a little high. Just trying to give Sophie some the benefit of the doubt here. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, in these panels, I just love how innocent and cute Kim is because she knows she can get away with murder. Um, her kind of chaos is my favorite kind of characterization. Um, and then, of course, she makes the running joke about, like, Lauren having unusual eyes with, my dear Lauren, your pretty golden eyes look pensive today, which, of course, you know, sets Lauren off because every dude she's ever met describes her eyes as pensive, and she is over it. Um, and uh, she is clearly over it when Kim brings it up because she tells her to stop. But then Kim, being the incredibly razor-sharp perceptive wit that she is, says, what did you do last night instead of sleeping? I love that she can tell. She must just have like a baseline understanding of like two bags under Lauren's eyes means she got a good night's rest, like three to four is she was staying up angsty over, you know, something that she screwed up at some point in her life and she's beating herself up about it. And then like four plus is extenuating circumstances. Let's go ask her what it is. That's my like headcanon. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally agree with your characterization that she's beating herself up over something that happened. I mean, aside for what we know her feelings about ATSD, you're probably right that she does that over other things. Yeah. Lauren isn't one who lets herself off the hook very readily, you know? No. Um, I find it funny that, that Lauren is surprised that Kim noticed this, um, you know? <laughs> it... it, it um, but I, to me, it seems like one of those characterizations where there are two people who know one another inside out, backwards and forwards, and yet still can surprise one another. Um, I, think, um, I think this relates to how Lauren refers to herself as the blindest of them all. I think in many ways, have you said this? Someone has said this, maybe Fu, where the fact that she has the ability to detect lies in some ways blinds her because she's so certain and she kind of relies on yes. that as a prop. Yes, the last so, one I thought we talked about that, yeah. 
<clears throat> yeah, and I, I think that Lauren sometimes maybe underestimates others because of her self-reliance. You know, she takes it all in herself and she forgets that other people can also be helpful and be talented and be intelligent because yeah. she is just focused on herself and what she can do. So I'm not surprised that she overlooks uh, Kim's perceptive abilities. Yeah. I don't think, I think if you would ask her, she would say, yeah, sure. But like, I think that she just barrels along on her path without kind of noticing what people around her are necessarily doing. It doesn't like really click it's the sort of thing that she would say like oh yeah of course and then you're right it just doesn't but she doesn't make that default assumption when she's not asked about it and then kim you know with her like characteristic penchant for really excellent descriptors is you look like someone propped a corpse up at your desk and slapped a wig on it and then honestly the best the, the next three panels are like my it's favorite probably, it's probably my favorite couple panels like ever they're hilarious i love it roasted italian pizza on the gravestone a ten thousand dollar wig <laughs> and um which I, I i mean yeah everybody's obsessed with lauren's hair if it's going to be a wig it's going to be a ten thousand dollar wig um and just extremely <laughs> detailed rendering on the corpse oh man <laughs> it looks like all on a little bit love it the Gollum corpse with a $10,000 wig and Lauren's eyes plus even more bags. It is. Yes, agreed. <laughs> who's, who's Vic Cooper on the grave? I don't actually know. Is it like a secret, like a clue that we have to be aware of? <laughs> <laughs> that would, that would that be like. There's name. To put the, the key to the entire series on the crack panel. Yeah, it's the leader, like no doubt. Well, now we know. The leader <laughs> who is apparently dead and now resurrected and sitting at Lauren's <laughs> desk in his death. He's fake his death. We cracked it, guys. I bet the leader is, um, is the king who died. Roll credits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> series done we figured it out uh, and no one had to die isn't that great well not no one but not none of the people we love yet 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 is the operative word for this series i can just feel it coming no no, no. this is an art long-standing argument i will maintain <laughs> everyone will survive everyone will fall in love and they will all end happily ever after i will i will hold myself to that delusion i watch too many k-dramas to know that that's gonna happen <laughs> i've been watching attack on titan so like yeah i no longer have any optimism left from any of my characters surviving <laughs> it could be like a total fluff <laughs> comic or something and i'm just like they're all gonna die aren't they <laughs> anyway um lauren looks a little bit um lauren clearly is having this image of someone digging up a corpse and putting it at her desk, uh, playing out through her head, and um, is giving the, you know, what is going on inside your head look to Kim for, you know, like, why? how did you come up with that? Her side-eye um, is fantastic. Oh, it's so good. And of course, then Kim just, like, doesn't miss a beat and says, like, you always look like this, but what were you up to last night? <laughs> which is just i love i love the roasting friendships i love friends that roast one another and everything is great it makes me so happy um and uh lauren just tries to brush it off as oh i just had a lot on my mind because i always have a lot on my mind you know 
I always look like a corpse with a wig on it. Therefore, this is nothing new. Like, don't worry, nothing has changed. She's lying. Um, and she says, I swear. And then Will walks by looking about the same. I feel like in order to be more, con- I don't feel this is very convincing. I feel like she should at least have had like an alibi of something to worry about. Like, I don't know, Uncle Tristan engaged me in a long conversation about how I have to go to therapy for my longstanding obsession. Maybe something like that. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been a little bit more convincing. Um, Yeah, when Lauren doesn't give an explanation, it's kind of a dead giveaway that she's up to no good. Yeah. I mean, she could have just like even said that she stayed up all night binging, reading something. You know, come on, come on, Lauren. Better than that. Yeah, Kim's not Kim's not buying it, and we know it. Kim's way too smart. Yes, and we'll see this later on in the comic where she immediately jumps on something, and yeah, she she's been you know picking up the breadcrumbs along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's fabulous. Um, and then Will comes in looking like someone you know dug up a corpse and put a wig on it. I don't know if it would be a more expensive wig than Lauren's or less expensive because it's like shorter hair, but you know he also. Um, is not having the best morning. And of course, Kim is completely insulted that, you know, they were staying up late having adventures without her because she said, what, you two, what happened to you, William? Did you both decide to astral project yourselves into hell without inviting me? Did I miss out on something? <laughs> like, it has FOMO for chaos. Right, FOMO for hell, that's hilarious. Which, you, like, Kim, I want to be yeah. tired too. I want to be tired and strung out. Um, and Will gives exactly the same answer. I had a lot on my mind too. And Kim's just like, all right, y'all aren't telling me anything and you're annoying and you're having fun without me. And she's, she wheels around, slurps her coffee and she's like, drama queens. And, um, Lauren goes back to staring vacantly at the enormous pile of paperwork that she used probably put off for too long and now has to do work is a nightmare i'm so happy that now we have computer work instead totally different oh yeah like zoom fatigue my eyeballs will <laughs> never recover from this probably not yeah. that's why i'm wearing my my glasses today uh they actually are my special ones for work that have blue light filters which unfortunately they don't have back then <laughs> whenever this time period is supposed to be yeah this i'll take yeah go ahead yeah, I think I'll continue from here. So, yeah, Lauren's doing, I don't even know if she's actually doing paperwork. She might just be scribbling. Well, I'm going to say Lauren White, Lauren White, but whatever. She probably is not scribbling that <laughs> yet. Probably not. <laughs> so now we have the, the mail cart coming along and we see little Harvey at his desk. <clears throat> He's giving it and the post person is giving it to um, Captain Herman. Herman, this is for you, sir. And he hands him a bundle. Herman leaves with it and closes the door. And you can just feel Lauren, you know, we don't see her, but you just know she's on like tender hooks. And it's like, okay, just she's probably not writing anything at this point, just nervously waiting for his reaction. <clears throat> and indeed, moment, a moment later, or <clears throat> however long later, he runs out again, slams the door and says, wait. And Lauren, of course, is like <laughs> eyeing him. He says, who gave you this envelope? And, you know, we have these motion lines to, and where the, and the background is cleared. So to show that it's a very emphatic moment. 
And he's like, I don't know, Captain. It was just on my trolley this morning. By the way, he should be the first suspect, just saying. But anywho. <laughs> and Herman grimaces, runs up the steps, and goes to March and hands him the file. And the March rifles through it, and his expression becomes just shocked. And we have this great view from underneath. So I, I love how they draw. I don't even know how they do yeah, it. I can't describe it. That cinematic lighting is so great. Yeah. I don't have the words yet to describe it. I just took out some books on like illustration and comic writing so that maybe I'll have a better vocabulary. But right now, all I can say is it's amazing. <laughs> and now we have the time and it's 930. And we have, you know, the booth walking in again, though that, that lends an impression of somberness, somberness mm-hmm. and seriousness. And Herman marches into the office with all his, you know, people behind him and screams, whose work is this? Oh my gosh. It's a little high strung. Dude, I'm just a little bit small. And everyone's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Grumpy Cat is just over it already. His face is somehow always in the shadows. It's like he has a cloud following him. I love it. His hair is not that big, you know, that poofy to be causing that shadow, but we won't His question it. His personality obscures the sun. <laughs> oh, yeah, he also looks like he gets no sleep. Probably thinking about how to murder his enemies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, Lauren gives this, hmm, I'm curious, look. I wonder Ooh. why. <laughs> What's talking about there? And Herman yells, I'm not in the mood for pranks. Who sent this? It has to be someone from the office. No one else has um, access to the archivist's trolley. I've asked the people from the investigation unit and no one's claimed it. Uh And Kim was like, hmm, I got that one eyebrow raised. Well, it doesn't look like it was any one of us either. Maybe it was from last night's shift. What is it anyway? March says it's a file on Gregory McTrevor. And do you want to take over from here right now? Sure. All right, we get... Because uh, isn't that the merchant that investigation unit keeps trying to pin down? And Mark goes, yes, exactly. And apparently the file is a missing piece we need to lock him up for good. I just love like the like how it just goes like straight to his mouth. It's like, you know, like it's like kind of like that. If this was a sorry, dun, dun, you know. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and then everybody, you know, there's just like a picture of everybody with, you know, like the the lines there they're like it's just like big like exclamation mark like <gasps> you know collective gasp and you know lauren you know sitting there like you know what i got no idea what she is like, what i just kind of think you know like i wish like you can see you just see her eyes you know looking serious but I, all i can think of is you know like that what i, I did have no idea you know so yeah <clears throat> Mark says, my guy spent months trying to get uh, dirt on him with no luck. If the evidence here is proven true, then this is one hell of a job. And then, you know, our little Miss Innocent Lauren over here goes, aren't there any clues in the file? A signature? A piece of handwriting? And then, of course, you know, they go, nothing. Everything is hyped. Even the cutesy little cover letter. Cutesy. <laughs> so <laughs> So like somewhere on the other side of the city, Kieran just like sits bolt up, right? It's like, who's talking shit about me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, dramatic would have been apropos. I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can see the eye roll. 
<laughs> you guys, I want this file analyzed by our best specialist. Verify every single claim. It may look convincing, but don't trust this. And then Kim goes, what does the letter say? <clears throat> and so they read, you know, they, you know, gets a close up of the letter and they say, it says, good day officers. In this folder, you will find everything you need to send Gregory McTrevor to his final incarceration. And, you know, and then you just see, you know, the paper being held up and read in, in the background, it's kind of dark. You see uh, Lauren say to send Gregory McTrevor to his final incarceration. Very dramatic. And then it fades to black. And then of course, you know, our, our stereotypical at the end, uh, the co-creators, you know, fist bumping and saying, yeah, and it looks like they're in the cave, and she's wearing gloves, so yes. no, uh, no fingerprints there. Mm -hmm. Smart. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Herman because a lot of people don't like Herman, but I actually, very oddly, <clears throat> for Herman, even though my personality is very different than him, I see Herman as somebody who just can't can't handle it when rules aren't followed. Mm -hmm. I think he's very narrow-minded. And I don't think of him as a bad person. Um, I think he does have like anger issues and like grumpiness issues and he probably is picking on Lauren more than she deserves to be picked on. But I, 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 we're, I'm very much the opposite of that kind of person. And I don't actually necessarily get along with these kind of people in real life. But I don't know, maybe I'm just sticking up for the underdog because everyone hates Herman. But I feel like just Herman is the kind of person who just can't handle things being different than the way they should be. And yeah. it's a personality. You, it's like some people are very anxious. Some people need time to adjust to circumstances. Some people, I don't know, you know, need their setting to be the same. And like, I just think you have to be a little bit understanding of people who just have a different personality than you, even if it's aggravating. And he's very different than me. I, I completely the opposite of that. Like, I don't, I'm not a rules person at all. But I just want to stick up for Herman over here. <laughs> we, were playing, we were talking earlier about Dungeons and Dragons, and I, his, uh, his character would definitely be one of the lawfuls, like mm -hmm. either lawful good or lawful neutral. You know, they, I'm, I'm leaning towards, because it's just on Lauren so much, but I'm leaning towards lawful neutral, but at the same time, it could be lawful good. He thinks that, you know, she's, because they're very strict on rule following and she is not. And so, yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, I definitely agree with him. I like, I don't like him because of course I'm not supposed to, you know, we're seeing this all through from Lauren's perspective. We are, you know, conditioned to empathize with her because we're, her point of view is what we're seeing. Um, and, you know, he's a jerk to her. But, like, I definitely think that he is committed to doing things by the book and making sure that the, the way that the whole system that he's in charge of, like, works according to a system as opposed to like the whims of individuals within its ranks, which, you know, when you think about like what you would ideally want a protective service to be is like one that is really committed to a system of integrity, which, you know, well, also, it's not, but I, yeah. I'm just going to say that their justice system is similar to ours in that like one misstep and your whole case can be thrown out. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's why they have to do it by the book or else they could, you know, lose out on being able to actually put away these people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I can tell that it's important to him to do things the right way. And of course, you know, he, as a high, as like a middle um, person of authority in the overarching law enforcement structure, he 
is under an enormous amount of pressure. So I can sympathize with his grumpiness, even if I still think he's a jerk. Agreed. Wow. I'm happy that y'all agree. Uh, everyone loves to hate Herman. Some, some people have even gotten to the extent of saying that Herman is ugly. I'm like, everyone in this comic is good looking, literally. Yeah, <laughs> like they're supposed to be. <laughs> Somebody was uh, talking to me about K-pop idols the other day, and I was like saying, like, even like the worst looking K-pop idol is better than your, better looking than your average person. Like, you know, they have all these, you know, people, you know, trying to make them look at, and same as this, like, I mean, come on, look at the artwork. The artwork is gorgeous. Nobody's going to look that. <laughs> Even the corporate right. look that bad. <laughs> exactly. And like, I think, I think the other thing is also that, you know, everybody's wondering like who's secretly working for the Van Scythe, you know, and I, I just don't think it's going to be him. No, he's I think he's way too off. rigid that, or he is, and he is the best actor <laughs> known to the history of humanity. That would be a giant surprise. Yeah. That would be a plot. Twist. Yeah, that would that would definitely that would really surprise me given uh, the character we've seen so far. Yeah. yeah, in all of our um in all of our tinfoils that I've seen and every single theory, I've never seen Herman being accused of being the leader or an apostle or a messenger or anything. Exactly. <laughs> People do yeah. not think he has the a capacity to do that. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's too straight laced. Way too straight laced. <laughs> but meanwhile maybe you're right maybe he has the secret history as a, a drama student and it's just been his you know lifelong play all the oscars <laughs> best supporting role <laughs> anywho so what other thoughts do you have in this chapter um i my first thought is thinking that lauren is going to have a very hard time um hiding her true role in this office and we'll see it in the future but even just this little beginning where she'll have to hide you know activities that are really genuine and true to her heart and like close to her from her closest friends from her colleagues it's a very dangerous game to play and probably a very isolating yeah. one which brings her closer to our buddy kieran who also is very isolated that's very true i i, I enjoy how we get this this extra glimpse of the awesome like friendship between Kim and Lauren um, in the really great like humorous way. You know, Kim is eight times out of 10 coming in and at least, you know, no matter what her role in the scene is, she also brings the comic relief with her um, and, you know, awesome like female friendship power dynamics. And it's just, you know, just kiss all around. But I think, right away we also introduced a little bit more to kim as this incredibly smart and perceptive character um and right away you can tell that more than anybody else it's going to be kim who is the greatest threat to lauren's anonymity i agree because yep. Yep. she's she's sharp as a nail like all on her own but she also has that just gut level understanding of what makes lauren tick and when you put that level of perception and that level of intuition together like it's just going to be a matter of time and yeah she's, she's looking yeah, yeah. She's, she's her close friend so she's paying attention i can also tell that lauren is just not the best liar ever so 
Yeah. Like when she when she can automatically tell when somebody's lying, she doesn't pay attention to how no. yeah. people give themselves away to other people when they lie. Very true. And she probably is a very honest person. I, before this, she probably didn't have to resort to subterfuge. And she probably, I mean, Kieran himself says, you know, and kudos to his perceptiveness. He's, he tells her, you know, she asks, why do you trust me? And she, he says, you're straight laced enough to, you know, um, be honest. And that's something he realizes. And I think that I, I agree with his, his um, characterization of Lauren. She probably never lied before. Yeah. She's a blunt force kind of person. Can't, I mean, we can see later on that she just can't uh, hold back her true reactions. Yeah. She's a little bit of a flashover kind of, kind of gal. I feel like this is just going to be like really hard on her, like the next, you know, however many episodes we get through and it's going to, it's going to weigh on her, especially, you know, having to hide it, I think from Tim, uh, you know, not being able to share it with anybody but Kieran. Yeah. Right. I mean, I do, I do feel like in many ways, she's always been that kind of person to keep things close to her chest. I mean, in some ways, maybe not by keeping that murder board just like out of the open, <laughs> and yeah. at least, which to me is like the most um, not hidden thing. Just yeah. But, uh, but I think in many ways, she probably has always been this way. And whatever confidences she's been sharing with Kim probably took a long time to, to share. I don't think that she's someone who easily opened up to people. Yeah, definitely not. She, uh, I mean, she had, she had kind of a traumatic childhood. You know? Well, she has had, like, not kind of, she has had a traumatic childhood. And, you know, I think that would make that make her you know less likely to open up to people you know with all the losses that she incurred while very young yeah and so I'm, I'm sure that her and kim's friendship has been a long time in the making mm-hmm. and so, probably buoyed by kim's dogged persistence and dogged optimism you know like she does i don't think she just like hangs around and is a supportive friend and eventually Lauren opens up to her. Like Kim rolls up with a sledgehammer. It's like, you are going to tell me why you're sad and doesn't leave Lauren alone until she just gives in. It's like the stereotypical introvert, extrovert friendship where an extrovert like adopts an introvert because I am an extrovert. My husband is very introverted and it's just kind of like, it just kind of was like, you will be my friend now. (laughs) Basically. I have adopted you now. Tell me everything. (laughs) It's superb. They're a great fit for one another as BFFs, and it's going to backfire on Lauren's goals so hard. Oh, definitely. But in a good way. It might be something that she resents at first, and she's like, oh no, she's on to me. But then... I mean, having Kim on your side for anything is like having, you know, unstoppable force, immovable object, both working for you. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Kim can act. I'm going to put my... But it's that she can act and she can definitely be the the distraction in all situations <laughs> oh I completely agree this is yeah. I think I, it's gonna I think that it's gonna kind of come back to Lauren on Lauren to not you know trust her to begin with but I mean I think that like when slash if Kim finds out what to say she's gonna find out because like she knows Lauren really well yeah Lauren's she's a terrible like- actor she's gonna figure it out it's gonna happen at some point yeah i like i think that one and if she finds out um she will definitely be lauren's biggest help 
oh, I am going to put my money on that. Lauren's going to be, um, okay. I don't want to spoil anything, but I, I'm going to put my money on the fact that Kim is going to be the one to encourage Lauren to open her eyes um, about Kieran. Lauren will probably be like, oh, Kieran, but he's a bad guy, blah, blah, blah. And she'll be like, Lauren, don't you see he cares for you? Okay, here's my, this is my uh, prediction. Yes. Kim, gonna... is, Kim is going to be the wingman extraordinaire. So I think it's also because, yeah, Lauren is, um, Lauren has this perception of Kieran. And obviously, like we'll see throughout the comic, it does change somewhat. But I do think that she's very, very hesitant. She doesn't. She takes a long time before she trusts people. And I think Kim, due to her perception, is going to be like is going to point out Kieran's um, trustworthiness in relation to to her, at least, and um, you know the good parts of his character to Lauren. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> yep. All right. So, do we have anything else to say on this chapter before we wrap up? Um... on my part that's all for me all hail queen kim yes bad <laughs> kim yep. we're not we're not worthy <laughs> one of the things that like i very quickly learned that you know every community has its like language and its way of talking and i learned that fandoms are ridiculously hyperbolic like over the top just you know they're amazing. I will marry them. I would die for you. Oh, hail queen, right? You just said that. So <laughs> I think I think one of the really nice things about, especially like these like primarily like women dominated fandoms, is that everybody's just allowed to like it however much they like it and express it in those hyperbolic <laughs> terms. And nobody has to feel terribly self-conscious about just being very enthusiastic about something that brings them however much joy. I feel like we match the chaoticness of the artists themselves. Like I see this in K-pop and I see this in with the web. Yes. I feel like the artists themselves are super chaotic. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> $10,000 wig. Yes. So dramatic and chaotic. And we just, we just match their energy as fans, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I thought about that because I'm now thinking of like writing a webtoon eventually, and um, I'm not a very funny person. And I, I think to myself, I'm like, you have to. I'm very like angsty and serious and all that. And I just think to myself, like, you know, you have to balance your your story. It has to be um, entertaining and funny as well in moments. Otherwise, it'll be just too heavy. Yeah. So, luckily, I am funnier in writing than I am a person. So, <laughs> it's a, a help. Well, yeah, a story has to be more balanced unless you want to attract only a very gloomy crowd. Right. <laughs> but we're all here for, to be punished anyway, because, yeah, as much as I'm um, optimistic, we all know what genre this is, sort of. <laughs> Brace yourselves, everyone. The pain is coming. Get ready to cry. <laughs> I am fully, I'm fully expecting to break my phone at the finale when someone I love dies. It's just going to fly across the room. <laughs> mm -hmm. I should be in a padded room for my mm -hmm. own safety. <laughs> if, if the show or book or comic or movie doesn't leave me pulverized in a corner, I don't want it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I mean, that's just how we roll. Bring I the mean, I do agree because, you know, we, as human beings, we seek meaning in our lives and the more impactful it is, the more meaningful it is and the more real it is. So 
yes, you know, on the one hand, it's emotional, but that's real life. Real mm-hmm. life does leave you sometimes gasping in a corner. Exactly. And I think also during this, like this current um, sociopolitical era where we're seeing this angst all around us that's sort of pervasive, low grade all the time, um, there's something particularly cathartic about having permission to fully like buy into someone else's story and to like express horror and shock and grief in this capacity like it lets you get that sort of pent-up emotion out in the more hypothetical context and so I think that's part of why it is resonating with so many people right now particularly that's very insightful I completely agree that stories play that role in our lives mm-hmm. I think I remember um reading somewhere in one of my like psychology studies when I was in an undergrad that um in Japan there's this maybe maybe Mem will know more about it um there's this this is word I don't know what the word is called like basically like cathartic crying where you go to a movie just to make you cry because you need to get that out yeah and it's like the movie gives you permission to open the door but for these feelings that have been sitting in there for a long time and they don't care how they get out they just need to get out Oh, well, on that note, that's a good note. I think it's a good note. Um, I think we can end. Thank you so much for, for coming on. It's a pleasure as always. It really is. Thank thanks you. for having us. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for sharing your, your insights and funniness. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. Well, I'll catch you all later. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to my current patrons, Susie, Lady Libris, Alley Cat, Lily, Jenny, Haley, One and Only Taco, Elizabeth, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe Rochelle, Dahlia, Saucy Tuggles, Meg, Ann Rose, Priya, and Alexa. Your support is much appreciated. Music.